0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Winner Circle. I am your host, Anthony Wynn. Of course, I ain't going anywhere. Um, you know, there's a lot going on this week in sports, especially in New York. Um, you know, you got Judge hitting 61, finally. The Yankees clinched their division. Jets and Giants both lose, and trust me, I'll get into all that. You got the Mets and Braves heading into the biggest series of the season so far. Um... But you know where I really wanted to start today was the first game of Week Four last night. You got the Dolphins and the Bengals. And before I start, actually, let me give a shout out. Thank you all for listening, man. I know you know hasn't been many, but you know it's great that like I'm finally doing this. I love doing this. This is really fun for me. Um, you know you can follow me on Twitter now. It's at winner w y n n e r 1023. Um I just made a Twitter and uh you know I'm trying to trying to extend the olive branches here to get more listeners and stuff like that. But, you know, just know this is a good time and uh I just appreciate everybody listening and all the feedback that I've gotten from my boys. Um I appreciate y'all, man, for real. This is this is this is a fun thing that I'm doing and I love doing it. And I, I I'm I'm very thankful for all the support. But um yeah, so let's get into it. Last night uh you know, I wanted to start here, and uh, you know, for me, the NFL and the Miami Dolphins have failed Tua the last couple weeks. And for those of you who don't know, Tua Tua got hurt last night. got It was it was a real it was really scary to watch. Actually, he got hit, he got sacked, and he kind of got thrown to the ground. Pr- fairly hard. I don't think it was a dirty play, personally. I think that you know, that's just that's kind of what you sign up for in football. Stuff like that just happens sometimes. And it you know, he got thrown down pretty hard. It might have been a little excessive, but it's not something you don't see on a normal basis anyway. Like it's something that happens every game. And he landed very awkwardly on his head. Um it was a super scary injury. He was all tensed up. He definitely got knocked out and and you know, if you just see the replay, his hands are all jumbled, and it's just it, it, it's one of those, it's one of those things when you watch it. It's, you know, you really kind of forget about the game. I always, I always think to myself like, because this happened in the second quarter before halftime, and I always think to myself like, damn, now, you know, now all his teammates and everybody who's rallying for him and everything like that, all the guys, you know, that's a brotherhood, man. And now they got to go play the rest of the game after watching that scary shit, man? I don't know. But back to my original point for, you know, I was saying the NFL and the Miami Dolphins failed Tua. The week prior, last week, last Sunday, mind you, they were on a short week. They played last night. Last night was Thursday night football. And uh, they had a short week. And last game, Tua you know, kind of got pushed on a, on a late hit, wasn't really a hit, he just got pushed back, and, you know, there was a flag on the plane, everything, but when he fell down, he slammed the back of his head on the ground, and got up, and he was clearly shaken up, like, he was all wobbly and stuff, and, and he couldn't stay on his feet, he kept falling over, and, you know, the refs see that. You're going to have to go through uh, the concussion protocol, which, you know, they ha- the, the NFL has has independent, like, doctors or whatever, like, not team doctors. So it, it's not like the team can can kind of get him back in the blue tent and all that stuff on the sideline and, you know, just say he's fine, like back in the old days. Like, back in the old days, guys got concussions, separate their shoulders, do whatever. They're, they're You know, they're back one play after that. It's, it's a lot different now. So I think people like he he eventually came back and and finished that game and you know I think a lot of people had didn't have much of an issue with it like it was a little bit of a topic of conversation last week but or throughout the week but I don't think many people had an issue with it because you know now now the NFL throws those independent doctors in there and he ha- you have to pass the concussion protocol and apparently he did so you know we kind of wrote that one off and so. You know, they were saying after the game, you know, he had a little bit of a back problem and, you know, his back was hurting and, you know, they kind of used that as the excuse to as to what, like, happened there on that play. And I don't know, man, I just don't see that. I actually just spoke with my brother-in-law earlier and he did say, you know, sometimes who, and he has major back problems and, and you know, he does say so, sometimes, like, when it spazzes when he has the back spasms or something like that, it can throw you off a little bit, but... I don't know. It, it looked like he was punch drunk, man. He, he looked like he was stumbling on his feet. And uh, he comes back and, and plays in this game, and he, gets, and he gets hit like that last night. And, you know, what do they say about concussions? The first one's not that bad. You know, you hear a lot of these players come out now and say, like, you know, when they played through the concussion, they, after they got it, they didn't really even, you know, they, didn't, they felt fine you know, initially right after, and, you know, you come back too soon from a concussion, you know, that it's a serious problem. And, and what they say about the concussions, you know, you get one and you come back too early. It's, you know, you're pretty much bound to get another one and it's going to be worse that the second time. Well, last night it was, he got another one and it was way worse. You know, he had to be stretched off the field, and I don't know, I the NFL kind of gets in their way sometimes. And, you know, Tua is trying to have a big year. Like, like you know you know how many times they've tried getting rid of this guy in Miami? Like, you know, when Deshaun Watson was going through this whole thing and wanting to get traded from the Texans and everything, you know, it was said that Miami was the front runner to get him. So they were trying to – openly trying to get him, you know, a couple off seasons ago, when Tom Brady was a free agent, they you know they actually just got charged with the tampering thing, and 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 their owner got suspended this year because of tampering with Tom Brady because they were trying to sign Tom Brady. So you know, Tua has gone through a lot since he's been in Miami, and he's only been there two years. And you know, the the not the the nick on him is that he's injury prone, and you know, he can't throw the deep ball and all that stuff. But he you know. The first, the first three games of the season, he's been playing at that MVP level, and so, you know, you finally give him the weapons, and you can see what he can do. And I don't know, man. I just don't think they put himself, they put themselves in a position and, and put Tua in a position to be successful, especially this week. And I, I don't know. I feel bad for the d- dude, man. Like I don't know. Watch the replay. I mean, you know, warning. Seriously, like if you, if you can't handle some some of this type of stuff like it looked like a UFC guy getting knocked out that's what it looked like you know how when like you get knocked out and and your arms stiffen up and you just you can't control what's going on you just have that brain reaction that's what happened it was it was super scary man he got caught he got he got picked up by the stretcher and everything it was just you know it it, it's something bigger than football at, at at that point like it was hard for me to watch the rest of that game. Like I was kind of drowned off that that game after that happened cuz you know, we were you know, I was getting a little emotional looking at that, you know. The first thought that came to my mind was I hope he's not paralyzed. And you know, it just came out that like literally about minutes before I started recording here and you know, they came back, you know, he had no structural damage. Last night they said that he was able to move every you know, all of his, all of his extremities and everything like that. So that's good. That's what I was worried about really. You know, he ended up flying home with the team, which is odd to me. Like, I feel like they just keep dropping the ball on this and, you know, with the way, with the, you know, the players know now, man, players know, you see a lot of guys now retiring, you know, probably four or five years before they have to, like, they still have a lot to give. Like, Perfect example, here in Carolina a couple years ago, Luke Ke- Luke Keekley savage linebacker. He was one of the best in the league, probably the best in the league, and he shocked the world when he came out with his retirement a few years back. So, you know, it. it's just something that they're thinking about now. And, and you know, you got Gronk too. Gronk retired fairly early. Granted, he came back. But, you know, they take a lot of punishment, man. And this CTE thing isn't serious. And, you know, you come back – when you have a concussion especially in this sport it's tough dude it's tough I, you know the NFL and the Dolphins I think should be ashamed themselves they 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 you know the coach came out this morning or yesterday and said you know he would never put his players in a situation where he thought that they would be in that type of situation to get injured again and you know be concussed and play concussed but I don't know man clearly he had something up with him and it, it 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 was just bad. It was just bad all the way around. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but it's just like I don't, they need to do something, you know. They need to do something. They need to figure it out. It was just sad to see that, man. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I'm sure he'll be back this year, but you know, man, it's it's tough. It's tough. I don't think I don't think he should have played the game, especially on a short week, especially on the short week after what happened in the previous game. I don't know how he could play. But you know, it is what it is, I guess. It's just it's it was tough to watch that. It was tough to watch, but you know, you got the Giants and Jets both losing last week. And you know, I'm going to I'm going to save that for the end cuz you know, I have some things to say about that. I'm really going to preview mostly what they're going to go up against this week. What I really want to talk about though after, you know, let's try to get back to a positive point. Yankees clinched the division this week. And Judge finally got to 61. But hey, what did I say last week? What did I say? I thought he was going to get 61 either against Boston or Toronto. He had to wait till the last game in Toronto to do it, but he got it. And I thought he was going to break the record against Baltimore. So, you know, that, that series starts tonight. Let's see what happens. I'm really hoping he does it at home because you got three against Baltimore at home and uh, four against Texas to end the season. And let's be honest— no one's really watching. The Yankees just clinched. They, you know, they they clinched the two seed. They're not going to catch the Astros for the one seed. Um, and and you know, actually, I just thought of this. I, I I've been hearing a lot about this 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 week. Does anybody have a problem with them celebrating like clinching the division? Like you know, the champagne popping, you know, beers in the clubhouse, goggles, all that shit. You know, I don't know, man. I, I, I kind of like it. It's been a tradition in baseball forever, and I'm, I'm a little surprised it's been a topic of conversation this week on, on a lot of the shows that I listen to. And and I don't know. I think winning a division title is something to celebrate, man, especially with how the Yankees got there because they've been a roller coaster of a team. And, you know, they kind of blew a 15-game lead. You know, it got all the way down to three. And, you Then, you know, they kind of turned it on again, and, you know, they kind of had the division in hand for the most part. It was just a matter of clinching. And mind you, when they they clinched a playoff spot like a week and a half ago, and they didn't do shit for that. I see a lot of teams like uh, Milwaukee and San Diego, and granted, that's their goal. So, you know, I, I don't even really think I have a problem with those teams doing that when they clinch a playoff spot. But... um. I don't know. I heard a lot about it. I think, like, a lot of people are kind of sour on it. Like, they're like, you didn't really accomplish anything yet. Like, it's all about the postseason. Which, at the end of the day, it is. And they acknowledge that. It's not like they're going in there like, oh, yeah, you know, we won the, you know. It's not like they won the World Series. They know they didn't win the World Series. But with everything that the Yankees have been through this year, with the roller coaster of how their season has gone, the second half being as brutal as it was. And, obviously, yes, they've picked it up in September. And, um... You know, they kind of won the the division handily. They still got two more series left, and they clinched it already. So, I don't know. I don't really have much of a problem with it. I think that, you know, it deserves some celebration, man. And really now all people are going to the games for is for Judge. They want to see him make history, and he finally did it on, uh, what day was that? That was not, it was yet. no, it wasn't yesterday, it was the day before. So Wednesday, Wednesday night he broke the, uh, he tied um, Maris's record of 61. And yeah, Roger Maris Jr. and his mom, it was a nice moment. Oh, how about the guy that missed catching that ball though, huh? He was sick. He had to have been sick. He just let a million dollars go, man. <laughs> he actually came out and was like, you know, I never bring gloves to the game. This is the only reason I brought the glove to the game, and he, he had it. He could have had it, man. It was right to him. Line drive right to him. You know, ah, must have been sick. Uh, he he's I saw a lot of stories. He was he, he was like, "Man, I I I thought I was so pissed off. You could watch the video on his reaction, man. It was it was it was funny to see, but um no, Judge finally hit it. He got the monkey off of his back. I think he's going to hit 62 again, like I said, against Baltimore. Um you know he—he's uh, just a stud, man. He's just a stud. He's going for the triple crown still. He's still in the running for that. I think he's tied um, with the with the batting average at three thirteen. I don't think he's in the lead for that right now. He's he's runaway with the home runs and the RBIs though. There's no shot anybody's catching him there. But you know it's one of the best seasons we've ever seen. It's one of the best seasons we've ever seen. And um, and um, you know you have Roger Maris Jr. coming out at the end of the game saying that he believes that he's the single season home run king if he breaks the record. I'm not sure how I feel about that, man. You know, Barry Bonds obviously holds the record. The record book says, the record book says, excuse me, 73 home runs in a single season is the record. And I tend to agree with that, and here's why. Like, you you can't just take it away. Like obviously, you know, you had McGuire, Sosa, Bonds. You know, steroid era. Everybody was doing the steroids, and and you can't just you can't just take it away, man. Seventy-three balls flew over the fence. Like that happened. Like that actually happened. You know, they haven't taken the Astros World Series ring away from them cheating a few years back, which. I honestly they and they admitted to the cheating you got bonds out here saying he never knowingly took anything. you got Clemens out here saying you know he never you know he never tested positive and he won actually in a court of law and you know these guys are getting these guys are getting um penalized for for just the accusation and and I don't know to me, this is my feeling on it. I think these guys need to be put in the hall of fame. Like, you know, these are some of the greatest baseball players we've ever seen. You got Roger Clemens, uh, seven-time Cy Young champ. You got Barry Bonds, who, you know, has the home run record, 756 home runs, the most home runs in MLB history, has the single season record, all that. You know, there's no way they're not Hall of Famers if you look at the stats. And I get it. And the reason why I say that, though, is because MLB was complicit in the whole steroid thing. They knew what was going on. It, you know, the year after the strike, when the shortened season, they canceled the season like right before the playoffs started in 94, and, and you know, baseball was dying. Baseball was essentially dead, and, you know, thanks to steroids, you know, they, they, they threw the whole marketing system around those guys. You know, chicks dig the lawn ball. They had fucking commercials about it, and... They were complicit in the whole thing. They knew what was going on. You had Mark McGuire having the whatever pro- I forgot what the product was called sitting right in his locker when he was doing post game interviews. You know what I mean? Like it was plain sight. Sammy Sosa with steroids and the cork bats and all that stuff. Like MLB knew what was going on. So that's that's just kind of my stance on that. Do I think it's you know Do I think it's cheating? Yeah, I do. I do think it's cheating. But if they're not going to get rid of the record books, you know, to me. Um, those are the records those are the records now i still think what judge is doing is probably one of the greatest if not the greatest seasons we've ever seen solely because it's so hard to hit now and you hear all this talk about you know balls being juiced the league ju- the league's juicing the balls or you know or or like or deading the balls like you're not seeing as many home runs this year well it don't give it don't matter with him and and to hit above 300 now i heard a stat the other day there's only 12 players in the league this year that have hit that are hitting above 300 as the average you know they don't really care about the the average you know with all these analytics and stuff like that they care about the on base percentage that's really what they care about and 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 what teams care about, no one really cares about the average anymore. And hitting home runs, that's about it too. Most of these teams are so analy- analytically driven, it kind of dr- blows my mind. That's where, you know, that's why you're going to see the shift out of the game next year and all that type of stuff, like those shift things. That's all analytically driven. They they get stats on guys, you know, they hit the ball a certain way or anything like that. You know, it's it it's kind of maddening. If you've ever seen the movie Moneyball, that's where it started. That's where it started. Billy Bean in Oakland. But um No, man, I just think he's I I still think like so really it is kind of an American League record if you think about it, if he breaks it, and a really a Yankee record. So I am a Yankee fan. I'm kind of biased towards that. I think it's crazy what he's doing. You guys gotta understand, I and I said this in the last show. He's one of six people ever to hit sixty home runs in a season. He's one of six people ever. Baseball's been around for over 100 years, man. And, and six people have hit 60 home runs in a season. Six. That's fucking impressive, man. That's impressive. And on top of that, he's hitting three thirteen. You know, he's in the running for the Triple Crown. And I honestly think that's not getting as much headway as it should be. A Triple Crown is more rare than anything. Really. Yeah, Miggy do it ten years ago, and that was it. Well, not that—that that wasn't it. I, I, you know, some dude did it back in the fucking—I don't know, '60s or '70s. It's been a long time since then, but you know, it's—it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And what? He, and he's carried the team. If the Yankees don't have Judge, where would they be, man? Where would they be? I said—I said the stat last week. His WAR is ten. He has a ten WAR, which means if he wasn't there, we'd have ten less wins. It's essentially what that means. That that we're out of a playoff spot right now. If, if if that's the case, he's carried this team. He's carried them. Now, recently the bats have woken up a little bit more, which is a good sign. But um, I'm very concerned about the postseason. The regular season's locked up. I don't. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm just waiting to see history in terms of the regular season. We got that first round by. We don't have to play the wild card, which is very good. I'm happy about that, don't get me wrong, but I don't know, man, I don't think this team can win a World Series, and that's just my initial, you know, feeling on it, it's baseball, anything can happen, and I understand that, and my, mind you, this is coming from a diehard Yankee fan, it's the only, it's the only, uh, it's the only team I have tattooed on my body, as far as the logo, I'm trying, I plan on getting more, but. That's neither here or there, regardless. I'm a diehard fan. I don't think this team is going to win the World Series. I don't think they're better than Houston. And, you know, I have questions if they're going to get out of the ALDS, if I'm being honest. If they don't get out of the ALDS, if they don't make it to the CS, that it's a complete failure of a season, complete failure of a season. But the pitching scares me, man. The starting pitching scares me. What did I say last episode? You have Garrett Cole. You're paying him over three hundred million dollars to be your guy, to be the dude that when you that when he's on the mound, you always have a chance to win. And and literally, literally, that Friday when I posted that when he's when I when I when I said all he does is give up the home runs in in the first inning. Guess what he did? Guess what he did that night? <laughs> give up two home runs. And then he comes out. And pitches again on Wednesday, and he was good through the first five innings. Finally, like we got, we got a good care Cole sighting, and guess what he did in the fifth? Gave up another home run. Him giving up the home run ball is a serious, serious, serious issue. I have more trust right now in Nestor Cortez. I do. He pitched great the other night. But, the, but they're not going to put him in as the game one starter. They should, but they're not going to do it. Cole's going to be your game one starting pitcher. My other problem that I have with this team, so the pitch the starting pitching is not consistent enough. That's one. Two, you don't have a closer. This closer by committee thing, when do you ever see that work? And they've already came out and said, Boones came out and said, like they're gonna do this closer by committee. So you got LaWise, you got Holmes, who I don't think you could keep as the close. I don't think he can be the closer, man. He's just too inconsistent. He had a great, he like it, it. His season is a, a good like mirror to what the Yankees have done by each half. His first half of the year, he was like he was he was arguably the best closer in in the league, all star appearance, everything. Then his second half, I don't know what happened. He just almost every game it seemed like he was giving up runs and he was blowing saves. So I don't think he can be the guy. Chapman, Chapman is like the the antithesis of inconsistency you look up inconsistent in the dictionary go you'll see Chapman's name or Chapman. Chapman. so I don't think he could be the guy you got the wise who you know he's got really good stuff but do you want him as the closure I'd feel more comfortable with him as the setup guy in the eighth I don't know about being the closer it's different it's just a different situation but I hate Clark Schmidt he I, I'm not a fan of him you got Zach Britton, who is coming off of major injury. He's only pitched for like two weeks. You got Marinaccio, who's a rookie. You can't put him in as the closure spot. I don't know, man. It's I like all those guys in certain spots. I don't like any of them being the closer. And when you don't have a closer in the postseason, that's a huge problem because you're going up against great pitching. So these, a lot of these games aren't... Have you noticed, like, most postseason games, they're not, like, blowouts. None of them are going to be blowouts. All these teams are good. All these teams have good, decent to good to great pitching. You know, like I said, the bats are coming alive. I don't think I'll be... I, I'm not as much worried about the lineup as I am about the pitching. I think the pitching is a serious issue and... I think you have guys that are more that have been way more consistent than Cole that should start the first game, but that's not going to happen. Severino looked okay. He's going to be able to start pitching more normally. Like they they got him on a pitch count because he's coming back from injury too. That's another thing, guys. Like everybody's coming back from injury, you got to kind of keep a glass half full thing on them. Like Tyone looked good. Cortez is definitely going to be your second day starter. I think Severino is going to be your third day. And I think it's a battle between Herman and Tyone for the fourth game. Um right now I'm leaning towards Tyone because he's been a little more consistent recently. But yeah, man, it's it's a problem. It's definitely a problem. I'm concerned about the Yankees in the postseason. But hey, let's see if Judge can make history. I'm 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 excited to see that. He's kind of masking the whole situation with the with the team right now. So it's good to see. And I swear to God, they better sign him. I know I made the point last week, but they need to sign him. If they don't sign him, like who else do they have? Who else do they have? He's the face of the team. He's the face of baseball. Give him whatever the fuck he wants. I don't care if it's 10 years, 350. Yeah, the back end of that, the tail end of that deal isn't going to look great, but what else do you have? And honestly, when has that ever crippled the Yankees? Let's just think back to all the bad contracts that have been made. The A-Rod contract wasn't great at the end of that, but you got a World Series out of him. You, had, you should have had more, but that's neither here or there. Um, the CC contract didn't look great at the end, although he was great for that clubhouse, so you can argue that it was a good contract, one of the better contracts that they've made. The Jacoby Ellsbury contract was horrendous. That was seven wasted years of nothing. And we're still talking about the Yankees being a perennial playoff team every year. So, really, what are we talking about here? You need to sign this guy. I don't care what the years are. I don't care what the money is. You need to sign this guy. Point blank period. You lose Aaron Judge. And, oh, by the way, you you couple the fact that you might not make it to the World Series. this. If you don't make it to the World Series this year and you lose Aaron Judge, oof. Yankee fans are not going to be happy with that, including myself. Including myself. Imagine you lose this guy to the Mets or Boston. Leaders in the clubhouse right now to sign him are obviously the Yankees. They're still the favorites, but the Giants are up there because he's from California and, that, and they'll be able to pay him. Boston's there just because they're Boston and they have a payroll like most high uh, market teams excuse me and the Mets are there because you got an owner now that will spare no expense but he has his own things to worry about with the ground not wanting to stay there and I'll get to get to that but um the Yankees need to sign judge you don't have anything else you don't have anything else and the amount of money you've made off this guy this year I don't know I, I just think I think whatever the fuck... You need to back up the Brinks truck for him. Whatever he wants, give it to him. Let's transition it over to the Mets. The Mets have been, you know, up and down recently, but they still have a game... A one-game lead on the Braves, and they're heading into the biggest series of the season. They have three-game set with the Braves in Atlanta this week. And... uh you know, depending on the weather situation, there, baseball shoots themselves in the foot. They should have just moved this game to to uh, to a, a a neutral site. I mean, apparently the weather's not supposed to be bad from the hurricane in in Atlanta. Shit, I mean, we're getting we're getting the brunt of it today here right now, actually. And you know, it's not too bad. And prayers to everybody out in Florida, especially Fort Myers. I saw so many videos in Fort Myers, like, cars underwater, like, just, it was, I saw a shark swimming in the middle, in the middle of the street, that's wild, man, that, and I didn't realize, like, how bad it was gonna be, like, obviously, I was hearing about the hurricane and everything, but I didn't, I didn't know it hit as a cat four, that's serious stuff, dude, just prayers out to everybody in that, in, in, in that area, and just, that's rough, man, I, you know, it's tough to deal with. But anyway, back to back to the Mets. Don't mean to go on to a, a depressing note there, but um, they got a one-game lead, man. They they got a big win uh, last night, not last night, two nights ago, and the Nationals helped them out and beat by beating the Braves. So they have the one-game lead going into this series. And the thing about this series is, you know, they don't they don't have to do too much. You got to get one of these three games. Because you, you still control your destiny if you win one of the three games. Because you have the tiebreaker as long as you win one game. You have the tiebreaker against Atlanta. If you tie them at, at the end of the year, you win the division. And then you end with the Nationals. So you should be able to take care of the Nationals, no problem. But um, you have your pitching set up. You got your three best pitchers going in this series. You got DeGrom tonight. I believe you have Scherzer going on Saturday, and you got Bassett going Sunday. I think you got. think you should win two of the three, at least, with those guys being on the mound. Now, DeGrom didn't look great the last game. Uh, you know, you have a 3-0 lead in the first inning against Oakland of all teams, and you give up four runs. He didn't look so good. But when he's healthy and he's right, I said it last week, he's the best pitcher in baseball, and it's not close. You know anybody's in. Everybody's entitled to their to a bad game. Everybody's got the bad game, but Degrom needs to be Degrom this week, and so does Scherzer. And uh, you know, if you win two out of three, you kind you kind of lock it up because you know you win tonight when Degrom's on the mound. That that pushes your your lead to two. And if, essentially, if you win two out of three, you got a two game lead. And the worst you can do. Really is tie. You can't get swept by the Nationals, but the Nationals are going to be trying to play spoiler on you. But you know you have too much talent on your on your team to lose to the Nationals three games in a row. All you got to do is win one game against the Nationals, and you win the division. So you win two out of three, you essentially win the division. Um, they brought up uh, Francisco Alvarez. The Mets did. That's their that's their top prospect. I think he's number four in all of Major League Baseball. And he's the Mets' top prospect. He's a catcher. So that's exciting. That'll be cool to see him play, and I'm sure he'll play tonight. Um, but, yeah, you end the season with the Nationals. You win two out of three against Atlanta. I think I don't think that's too much to ask for for Mets fans. I don't know. How are you guys feeling about it? I mean, if I was a Mets fan right now, I'd be shitting bricks because – You know, a lot of people consider Atlanta the best team in baseball. By the way, their pitching is almost just as good as yours, if not better. So, you know, it's going to be a fun series. I think it's the biggest series in baseball uh, like the entire year because most of these teams have everything locked up. This is really the only division race that's, uh, that's being had right now and that's still up in the air. Excuse me. gotta have my coffee, man, I'm already on my third cup, I should probably slow down, but, um, yeah, no, this is gonna be a fun series, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be locked in on it, it's gonna be fun to watch, um, it, like I said, you know, I, 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 wanna, I kinda wanna see the Mets, uh, the Mets win the division, It'd be nice, and, uh, they're dangerous, man. I feel, and I said it last week. They need to win this division to win to to get to the World Series. If they want to get to the World Series, they need to win a division because that path to the to the World Series, if they don't, is brutal. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to see the two best teams in the National League most likely if you get that far. So they gotta win it, man. And you know they control it. They control it. We'll see what happens, but I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. You got the tiebreaker over Atlanta. So you got to win at least one game. I don't think that's too much to ask for. You should win both though. You should win two. You got your best pitchers on the mound. You should win two. All right. Now to the more down stuff. Jets and Giants both lose last week. And I was so excited for that game. I'm going to start with the Giants. I was so excited for that game. And... You know, it was a typical first half of the. You know, the Giants haven't scored a touchdown in the first half all year? And I know it's only three games, but it seems like a stat that has carried over from last year. For whatever reason, they just can't get anything going on offense in the first half. I don't truly understand why. I don't think they're feeding Saquon enough. Now, granted, I don't think they're. You know, shying away from giving him the ball. They tried. It's not like they're not trying, but I think they need to give it to him more. He's your only playmaker. He's your only playmaker. And, you know, the Giants lose a tough one against the Cowboys. Fucking hate the Cowboys, but they lose. You know, it's so funny when Saquon went off for that touchdown run in the second half. The moment it happened, you know, this is me being a depressed Giants fan for the last decade. But the moment it happened, my first thought was well, defense has been playing lights out the whole time. Guarantee they let up a touchdown on the next drive. And what did they do? They let up a touchdown on the next drive. And the offense couldn't really get much going after that. So it's tough, man. You need to. I, I think they need to run a little more RPO action with Daniel Jones running the ball. He showed that he can make plays, man. And, you know. I don't put that loss on him whatsoever. The offensive line was horrible. It was horrible. The O-line needs to be better. Um, you, had, you had your two best pass rushers back, and I got to tell you, man, I was so excited to see Thibodeau play for the first time. He didn't show me anything. He looked bad. He only played 30 snaps, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. He needs to do a little bit more this week. Ojalari. granted, you know, listen, it was their first game back. I don't want to shit on them too much, but they got Cooper Rush was was standing back there all day long, all day long. He could have read a book back there and made throws. So, you know, and, and C.D. Lamb, you know, kind of torched you. So, look, we got to temper the expectations on this team. There's not a lot of talent on this team there's like there's no wide receivers you got you got Shepard out for the year now which was devastating I don't know if anybody saw the the footage of that but the play was over and it was on the last play of the game when when Jones threw the interception to digs that really ended and I don't put that interception on Jones either sills slipped on his route so there would have been a receiver there to at least contest the ball or catch the it was a good route and a good throw but he slipped, you know that shit like that just happens sometimes. I'm not even mad at Jones for that, and it was an impressive play by Diggs. He got the ball under his, he got the hand under the ball before it hit the ground. It was, it was, you know, it was a bad, it, you know, it was, a, it was a crappy loss. I felt like shit for like the whole week. It's so crazy how depressed I get when when my football team loses, man. It's it, it it's very frustrating. It's frustrating, but I don't put that loss on Daniel Jones at all, at all. He made a lot of plays. He had, he ran for seven first downs. I think he had over 80 yards rushing, you know, he's not going to sit. He's not the quarterback. That's going to sit back in the pocket and and sling the ball and kill you deep. It's not going to happen. He has the arm, but you know, he, this is where, this is where Dayball comes in. Like he, he, he puts him, he he puts him in position to be successful and, with the talent that they have on this team it's hard to do that when you have no one to throw the ball to so you know personally i think they need to run a little bit more of the rpo stuff get saquon more involved in the passing game please can we please do that cuz right now he's he's really the only playmaker we have on offense that is consistent he's look he looks very he looks really good man he looks really good so, you know, we got to keep giving him the ball. We just got to keep giving him the ball. And and you know, like I said, we really need to we kind of got to slow it down on these on on the on the expectations for this team. I know the NFC is not great and and all that, but there's there's not a lot of talent on this team, man. I think the coaching staff is squeezing all the juice they can get out of this team. And with all that being said, I think they need to beat Chicago this weekend because you want to talk about not a lot of talent. Ooh, excuse me. Coffee's catching up to me. But you want to talk about not a lot of talent. Uh, Chicago has, like, no talent. And you can argue that their O-line's the worst in the league, almost uh, probably worse than the Giants' O-line. You know Justin Fields, who's Chicago's quarterback, by the way, has only completed 23 passes the entire season. That's insane. That's insane, and they're two and one. They're two and one. That blows my mind, man. That's a that's an insane stat. You had yeah, Joe Burrow last night complete twenty three passes in the game, and Justin Fields only completed twenty three of forty five. So he's only throwing fifty percent of completion percentage too. That's not good. Um, they don't have a lot of talent. This is one of the games, you know. At the end of the day, I'm not as frustrated by the loss. I am frustrated because it was Dallas, don't get me wrong. But they Dallas is Dallas is the better team even with the backup quarterback in, which is which is saying a lot. But you know, they're the more talented team. So am I mad they lost? Yeah, cuz it's Dallas, but at the end of the day, you know, It's not the worst loss in the world. They competed. It's not like they got blown out of the building. They competed. But I think you got to beat Chicago, man. I think you do. I mean, they have nothing. Darnell Mooney, who's supposed to be their number one wide receiver, has three catches all year for 24 yards. You got to get to the quarterback. and, And that's about it. Like, on defense... The game plan this week should just be get to the quarterback and stop the run. I'm really hoping Leonard Williams comes back this week. I'm not sure if he is. I know he's 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 you know banged up a little bit. That was a big that was a big gap that we had in the defense last week. They gave up 176 yards rushing and Leonard Williams is the stopgap there. He's the guy in the middle that stops all that shit. And he was and you know that was his first game that he missed ever. He's played 8 years in the NFL and he's never missed a game. So Whatever he's doing with should, is probably serious. So I'm hoping he's back this week, but I, I don't know. But like I said, man, the Giants don't have much on offense. You got Shepard out for the year now, tore his ACL on that just freak play where he wasn't even cutting or anything. He just was jogging down the field. I feel so bad for him because he worked so freaking hard to get back from that Achilles tear last year. You know, he's probably, you know, let's, let's face it, you're probably never going to see him again in a Giants uniform unfortunately but Wondell Robinson who you picked in the first round this year hasn't seen the field yet this year he's hurt Tony's all they're all out all these guys are out so give the ball to Saquon man you can win this game you can win this I expect I expect them to win this game I do and go three and one and we'll see what happens from there but please guys just temper the expectations on this team Because then you got Green Bay and Baltimore after this, after Chicago. And do we really think they're going to go to London and beat Green Bay? Do we really think they're going to go to Baltimore and beat the Ravens? Mm. With the with the way Lamar Jackson's playing this year, I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that. But let's go and beat Chicago, man. That's a team you should beat. Go and beat Chicago. I'm sorry, Jets fans and this is going to be a messed up transition, but your team stinks. They just stink. And it's not because of the lack of talent. You guys have a lot of talent. But what's, what the, the decisions that your coaching staff makes kind of boggles my mind sometimes, especially when it comes with the, to the O-line. But, and by the way, what are you doing throwing the ball 50 times a game? I don't understand that at all, at all. The Jets lose lose the game to Cincy. And uh you got Joe Flacco in there as a backup. Now, granted, I you're not gonna win many games as Joe Flacco at, with Joe Flacco at quarterback. They're just not gonna do it. He's not that good. He had a good game against Cleveland, but that was really you know, that was a miracle win. Miracle win. You guys wanna know how how long the Jets have led the entire season? They've played three games. That's 180 minutes of football. You wanna know how long they've led? 22 seconds. They've they've had the lead in a game for 22 seconds out of 180 minutes. And that lead was literally when they pulled off that miracle against Cleveland when they went up 31 to 30 with 22 seconds left in the game. That's it. That's the only time they've led at all this year. I don't seem to understand why they don't run the ball more. You got you just you got the best running back everybody thought in the draft. You got Michael Carter, who had a great season last year. And anytime I put a Jets game on, and I see him get the ball, I see him make a play. You got you got you got weapons. You got Garrett Wilson. You got Elijah Moore. You got um, Corey Davis. What are you doing with the tight ends that you just signed? Uzumo from from Cincinnati who, who played well last year. You're not I haven't heard his name once. You got Tyler Conklin. You're not getting them involved at all and you're throwing 50 times a game. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense to me. So you're going into Pittsburgh now and Garrett, or, or Zach Wilson's coming back this game. If you throw the ball 50 times with Zach Wilson back in his first game, I I have a lot of questions about if your coach can coach, honestly. Because you can't put him in that type of situation first game back. You, you need this kid, man. You need this kid to be good. Like, it needs to work out. No matter what happens to the coach, Zach Wilson needs to be good. And we don't know if he is yet. And we also don't know if your coaching staff is going to put them – is going to put him in the best situation to be successful. You don't know that. That's the biggest difference between the Giants and the Jets, in my opinion, because I think the Jets have way more talent than the Giants, way more. And you can argue if you want about it, but come on, look at the roster and look at who you signed. Your defense is horrible, and you signed like four veterans on that defense who are all making mistakes. And then you draft the best corner, which I thought was a good pick. But now it's looking like not drafting an offensive lineman is starting to bite you in the butt because your offensive line is like in flux right now. You 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 can't keep you can't keep a, a, the same five guys on the field for 10 minutes. And that's not going to put that like I, I'm not I'm not I don't feel so great about your quarterback coming back with how bad that offensive line is. Now granted i agree with the decision in terms of bringing him back because you need to see what he is like screw joe flacco joe you know joe flacco ain't gonna be here for the long haul but you gotta see what he is i don't know how much you're gonna see with how bad that offensive line has been but that's why i think you need to run the ball more because if you run the ball successfully it makes the passing game way easier way easier play-action pass, RPO situations, all that type of stuff. And by the way, if you run with Zach Wilson in this game, I I will be very frustrated for you Jet fans because it's his first game back from a knee injury. By the way, it's the same knee that he injured last season, so now it's becoming a thing. And that's another thing. Can you, can you stay healthy, man? Can you stay healthy? I get those injuries are freak accidents, and they're freak injuries, and I understand that. You can't control that. But... I mean, you got to stay, like, you know, you got to stay healthy. The best the best ability is availability. And if you're not on the field, you can't contribute. I mean, come on. Like, what are we talking about here? So, the this offense, I think, is flushed with talent. And there's no more excuses anymore. Like, I guess you can say the O-line, but... I'm sorry. You gotta, you gotta see tangible results now. You gotta see it, whether it's coaching. That's the problem, which is personally what I think. I, I don't think they really know how to run a proper game plan, which blows my mind. It, your defense at the very least should be one of the top fifteen. You got Robert Saleh, He's a, def, he's a defensive mind. He came from San Francisco as a touted defensive coordinator. And. It's just uh, it's it's a little mind boggling to me. I just think that, and I keep, I, I you know, I you know, I keep reiterating this point. But throwing the ball fifty times a game, especially with a backup quarterback, what what game? Who Peyton Manning said it on the on the ESPN Manning Cast. You know, you throw the ball fifty five times a game, especially in Week One, which is what you did. You're not going to win that game. And granted, I get it, like you're normally starting down because your defense can't hold the other team. But you can't tell me that's your game plan. You gotta try to stick with the game plan, man, and you need to run the ball more. You have two you have two really good running backs. And you gotta try and pound the rock. It just makes everything easier. It just does. It makes everything easier. Same thing goes for the Giants, man. They gotta give the ball to Saquon more. Fourteen carries isn't enough, I'm sorry. You know, he's made plays. He's making plays. And Daniel Jones doesn't look horrendous, but he doesn't look great either. So, like, you got to you gotta center around your strengths, man. And granted, I get it. Like, most teams are probably game planning for that because they know that he's really your only option. But at the same time, you got to figure that out as a, as a coaching staff, which I think the Giants coaching staff will, will do. But, you know it, uh, it's interesting, man. You know, so you're, the Jets are going up against Pittsburgh. I'm interested to see how Zach Wilson does. It's his first game back. We'll see what happens. Um, I think you should go in and win that game. You got Mitch Trubisky at quarterback and, you know, anybody can throw to a receiver that's wide open. That was one of the biggest problems that you had against Cincy. You know, you had, you had Higgins, Boyd, Chase, all running wide open down the field, man. Anybody can make those throws. Don't, here's here's the goal for the Jets this week. I'm not saying you got to win. I should, let me take that back. You don't have to win. But you need to put points on the board, one. And don't let Mitch Trubisky look like the second coming of Joe Montana. He stinks. Mitch Trubisky stinks. You're supposed to be this whole defensive-minded head coach. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Stop him. He's not great, he's not great all right so now i'm gonna i'm gonna end it on some picks here I'm gonna pick uh i'm gonna pick three games and this is for all you gamblers out here that I like um as far as the spreads and everything like that um i'm not i'm I'm probably gonna stick away from the the homer teams like the giants and the although the Giants are favored by three. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. But um, you got the Browns at the Falcons. And the Browns are are favored by one point. I, I think I'd go with the Falcons in this game, personally. Because they've shown me a lot. I mean, they, they play hard for that coach, man. And the Browns, granted, their running game is serious. But... Actually no, what's the spread there? It's only a point. Scratch that. Don't t- don't pick that, don't, don't pick that game. I don't like the spread on that at all. At all. I don't like the spread on that at all. Um Let's see. What do I like here? What do I like here? Ooh, that's a bad one. Um You got the Okay, I like this game. I know the Raiders are 0-3, man, but the Broncos are the biggest fugazi 2-1 I think I've seen out of any of the 2-1 teams. That dude don't know how to coach, and Russell Wilson looks horrible. He looks so bad right now. Derek Carr and the Raiders' offense hasn't looked bad in all the games. I'm not, like, they're just just too talented. You know, you start 0-3, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs or nothing, but they're just too talented, and they're at home. Spread on that game is, is uh, 2 two I'm taking the Raiders. You know, the Raiders are favored by two and a half, So I'm taking the Raiders in that game. I don't think the Broncos are winning that game. And, and the Raiders are desperate. They need to get a win. The Broncos haven't shown me a damn thing, even though they're 2-1. Like I said, it's the most fugazi. You had to have Jimmy Garoppolo step out of the back of the end zone literally in order for you to win that game. You won by a point, 11 to 11-10. What kind of final score is that in football? I don't know. I don't like the Broncos at all. I think I like the Raiders in that game for sure. For sure. Um, Titans and Colts at the Colts. Colts are favored by 3.5. That hook kind of scares me. But I'm taking the Titans. I think they're going to win that game outright. Because I think that was kind of a fluky win against the, the, the Chiefs that the Colts just had. They did not play well at all. They, you know, the the Chiefs kind of handed them that game. So, and the Titans, the Titans are coming off, you know, the Titans are coming off a win. Who'd they play? They're coming off a big win against the Raiders that they almost gave up. But I like, I like them against the, uh, the Colts. I'd pick them given the points. And let's see, what what else we got here? What are some other games we got here? Hmm. Vikings-Saints. Now, that's the game in London this week. Love the Vikings in this game. They're favored by three. I would pick the Vikings and the points. um, Yeah, no Jameis Winston. No uh, Michael Thomas for the Saints. They have not played well at all. You're probably going to have a a tandem QB situation with Taysom Hill. And uh, shit, what's his his name? I can't remember his name. The backup. uh, He's the backup for the Saints. I can't remember his name. He used to play for the Broncos. Trevor Simeon, that's his name. Trevor Simeon. Um, There's probably going to be a tandem force with them. Minnesota is coming off of two bad losses. But, uh, you know, no, what am I talking about? Minnesota didn't lose last week. I thought they lost to the Lions. They came back and beat them. Never mind. I apologize for that. But uh, they're favored by three. That game's at 9.30 in the morning, so if you want to watch that, you got to get up early on Sunday because they're in London. But, uh, yeah, man, I'd go with them. So that's my three picks. I got Minnesota, Tennessee, Minnesota, Tennessee, who else did I pick? (laughs) I should start writing this stuff down, don't you think? Yeah, probably should. Um, And the Raiders, I picked the Raiders. So, uh, yeah. Um, Yeah, man, that's about it, you know. That's about it. You know, like I said, Giants should win this week. Let's see if Judge can uh, break the record. Uh, That's really all I'm watching for at this point. And, uh... Big series between Mets and Braves. Let's see what they can do, man. I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited to watch that series, man. That's the biggest series in baseball this year. So, it's, re, it's re, whoever wins this div, this division is going to be the winner of this series, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. Um, and the Jets are going into Pittsburgh. I don't think you should win, but I think you need to see uh, a good Zach Wilson and uh, that defense actually look good against Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. So yeah, man. Thank you all again for listening. This is so fun to do. I'm I'm like I said again, I'm going to reiterate, you know, thank you know, thank you for all the constructive criticism. Like I said in both episodes prior to this, I'm still getting this stuff down. I'm very new to this, you know, audio stuff and everything like that. Everybody wants, you know, I got people saying they want me to do an intro song and, you know, kind of have clips here and there of stuff. I got to figure all that stuff out, guys. I don't know what I'm doing. So, if you know what you're doing, hit me up, man. Try to help me out. Get get, get you in on this a little bit, and uh, we'll see what we can do, man. But hey, again, thank you, everybody. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Go Giants. Go Yankees. And uh, yeah, thanks. Have a good weekend. Bye. Peace. Out.